Welcome back to This Is Jazz Today. My name is Nick Finzer, and I'm here with Alan Blanchard, and we're going to go through and uh, talk about the best jazz releases from last month, and that's August 2019. So we're reflecting back on that, and now it's September, Alan's favorite month of the year, because September is, uh, uh, what did you just tell me? Off, uh, off, it's, it's offline the, here? The end of summer, which is great. Oh, end of summer. The start of football, which is incredible, and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ah yes, or the Earth, Wind, and Fire, but your your football teams did not do very well this week. That is not true. The Titans murdered the Browns. Um, I was thinking of FSU, but yeah, yeah, FSU still won. It was technically it was really a loss, but like technically they won. Technically, uh, and then the Patriots, my backup favorite NFL team, got Antonio Brown and won last night. What more could I want? Thirty-three to three. It was incredible. I don't know. Why do you have a backup favorite team? I don't really get that. Okay. Okay. I got this. Um, my dad's family is from Massachusetts. And so like they're okay. Patriots fans. Uh, and I was for the longest times until uh, basically I got harassed by a friend where he's like, you can't just like them because your family does. You know, you're from Tennessee. Follow the Titans. And so I was like, oh, I'll follow the Titans. Cool. Hmm. But they're an expansion team. They weren't always there. That that's very true. They weren't always there, but then my mother reminded me as you know, as a kid, I had like Frank Wycheck's autograph. I met Jeff Fisher, Eddie George. So I was like, ah, good reason. It was like that was a good era for the Titans. That was, uh, that the was good, good years. The good the years. Good years. Well, apparently they're okay this year. Yeah, yeah, doing great things, and the Browns are overhyped. <laughs> okay, this is not a sports podcast. We're gonna veer back to our lane here before I say something that uh, <laughs> is incorrect or more incorrect than usual. But uh, we had uh, a playlist together and then 17 minutes ago, it was updated from, <laughs> from this recording because sometimes artists wait to put things on Spotify and then they put it on Spotify later, but on Spotify, it shows up as new when actually it's old. And uh, it doesn't mean the music isn't good. It just means that, uh, we yeah. got confused in the scheduling. But we have 10 tracks for you guys. Uh, if you go to Spotify and search for This Is Jazz Today, uh, you'll find it. It says Curated by Outside in Music. And uh, we're going to go through, give a little rundown of some of the best music that we found on Spotify. Now, we always make a disclaimer. This is not saying that one is better than the other. This We just kind of arrange them into a, an enticing order. And... Uh, to give some variety. So uh, hit us up with number 10, Alan. Uh, so number 10 is a new record from uh, Jazz and Lincoln Center, um, which is called Jazz and Art, um, which, I mean, you know, I'm always kind of in tune with what they're putting out. Huge fan of Wynton Marcellus and everything. Uh, but this was a record that really intrigued me because I've had friends that have written music um, that reflects art, and I've never uh, necessarily understood it. <laughs> um, so this entire album is based around uh, pieces that are accompanied more less by individual paintings and more by um, artists in general. Uh, and so they, uh, the original compositions, like I said, are inspired by people including uh, Stuart Davis, Sam Gillum, Winslow Homer, Norman Lewis, and some others. Um, and so that was really interesting because even though they don't say necessarily like this specific painting, you know, you're like, I chose a piece by uh, Winslow Homer or that's inspired by Winslow Homer. So I was able to go look at 
Homer's works, which I hadn't really seen or been, I guess, uh, aware that it was like, you know, Homer and whatnot. Um, and that was really cool. Uh, still don't necessarily know if I like completely understand it, but it gives you something else to to think about when you hear it. Um, so I think people will enjoy it. It's like a, it's a 10 track album, um, with stuff by various people. And there's a, a wide variety in the music, just as there's a wide variety in the, um, in the artists and whatnot with, uh, pieces that were, you know, from like the Guggenheim and the Metropolitan Museum of Art and the Museum of Modern Art and, um, all that. So evidently this, this ties back to like a, uh, a, a concert that they did like many years ago at, uh, at the Rose theater up there and they just finally decided to release it. So it's a cool project. Nice. So that that's a cool idea. Have you, um, have you ever written your own music based on something like that? No, <laughs> cause I just, I just don't, I don't know. I can't say I've really been, um, too exposed to art like that, like going to a museum of art or an art showcase or something. So I've never uh, taken this time to to do that. And also, like, I don't know, some people look at art and they, they like see deeper things. And like, I see it now, like, I appreciate the ability to make it, you know, but there hasn't necessarily been something that I've seen where I'm like, wow, this is really provoking um, emotionally in another way, you know? Yeah. I mean, do you go to do you go to art museums ever? Uh I've been to one. What? One? 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 Yeah. Yeah, I guess I feel like in other parts of history the arts have been more uh interconnected maybe. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just making this up. But I feel like they're pre it's pretty siloed now. They're like, "Oh yeah, you're a musician, but it doesn't mean you've like you check out just art in general. Yeah. And I mean, it's again, it's nothing like against it per se. It's just, um, right. it's, it hasn't been something where, you know, when I go to it, I don't find myself standing in front of a painting for like 10 minutes being like, what does he mean? I'm just like, wow, that's a good painting. Like, good job. Here's a star, you know? Oh, so you, you kind of base it on the execution of the painting yeah, rather than yeah. the concept of it or anything. Yeah, and that, but that's not the you know it's not that I'm I'm against the the intention behind it. It's just it, sometimes I don't necessarily always understand it, you know, which is ignorance on my part, or it's just that specific thing didn't necessarily speak to me. I guess I don't, I don't really know, but I haven't ex delved much into like the whole creative arts, like that, whether it's sculptures or, or drawings, paintings, uh, anything of that nature. Hmm. Well, maybe you should. Who knows? Maybe I'll uh, write maybe it. Maybe inspired. In... Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> oh, well, let's keep moving. Uh, so next is something from Ted Nash. Can't get too far from Jazz Lincoln Center. No. Uh, or the uh, Allen. <laughs> well, I'm looking. But, I, uh, it, yeah, it's it's Ted Nash's new record um, mm -hmm. called Somewhere Else, and it's based on West Side Story. And I guess um, this is a project that they had done a couple years ago when it was uh, Bernstein's Centennial um, with this trio he has that I was unaware that he had. Maybe you've seen it before. Um, that's drummerless, and it is literally Ted Nash playing tenor and clarinet, Ben Allison on bass, and then Steve uh, Cardenas. Cardenas? Card Card Cardenas. Cardenas, thank you, on guitar. <laughs> um, 
and they just do a collection of songs from uh west side story i mean it's it's a really cool project it's this stuff like we've talked about it before it's it's cool to see um musicians take on something else musical that i think is like really familiar to everybody uh whether that is mm-hmm. like west side story or like when people do their take on like my favorite things or whatever it is um you know like standards i think we're so used to so many people having their own opinion on them because they are standards and they're played so often um and i mean there's still like really cool ones about it when uh certain people's arrangements but like stuff like this is so uh, I think really relatable to people because like West Side Story is is something like who hasn't seen West Side Story? Um, I bet somebody somebody hasn't seen it. That, well, that's really disappointing <laughs> if they hadn't. It is disappointing. It is disappointing. I mean, I don't know. I watched West Side Story. I think the, for the first time when I was in elementary school in music class. I don't know if they still do that. I don't. I don't know if we watched it in music class. I remember watching Amadeus in elementary school music class. Oh sure, yeah, that's a classic. classic. Yeah. Uh, but no, West Side Story was like one of those musicals that was like really rememberable. I think the, the only other one that I might like more than it is the Wiz. Um, but you know, those are just like two memories that I'm like, those were first exposures to musicals and and they're incredible and, and pieces to be, um, remembered by not just for them being a musical, but for like the, the literal compositions behind them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Interesting. It's a drummerless trio. I think. I think uh, always you take for granted that every trio, every group's going to have a drummer in it. But if it can be nice uh, sonically to open up that space and allow for more, um, either harmonic or melodic interaction, and uh, but everyone has to really dig in and keep keep the time and kind of create the you know groove without without the drummer. So I think. It's a great example for young musicians who are, you know, working on stuff like this and working on taking tunes from, you know, classic, classic things and working them into their own group or t- trying to make something in an uncomfortable situation. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Let's keep going. Let's move on to number eight. Yeah. So number eight is uh, another record by a trio um, called "Where Are You." Uh, it's Mark Turner's record. Um, and it features Kevin Hayes on piano and Mark Moralta on drums. Um, and I mean, this doesn't have anything profound. It's not tied to art. It's not tied to West Side Story. Um, it's just really good music. Uh, they do uh, Year of Snake. I think he had done on like a previous record, which was phenomenal. They also do like a version of Donna Lee on here. Um, and it's just like, I've been a huge fan of Mark Turner's playing, um, hearing him with, uh, Kurt Rosenwinkel and whatnot, but they, it's just a, a great record. I'm a huge, like I said, Mark Turner buff, uh, Kevin Hayes is appearing more and more on projects that I'm checking out lately too. So that's, um, always incredible. Uh, and I, I think people will really enjoy it that like the trio vibe, um, and, and that, you know, want to get inspired maybe by a different approach to it um, because I think that they, they're a little more, it might be a bad word to describe it, but like floaty through it, you know, like they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're able to like weave a little bit more in and out, um, which is, is really interesting because it's very difficult to do. It's, it's something that you can appreciate just that right there. Um, 
but it's also very um open like it, it allows for the tunes to go different places so that's cool it's also cool to have a baseless trio um right which is really interesting so i don't know you know it's i think people will enjoy the record if especially if you're into like mark turner it's kind of dark at sometimes like in in the sense of just like the sound that they go for um but yeah it's it's a phenomenal record yeah, and kevin hayes um on a lot of stuff these days i know you said that already he's on another track on this uh playlist i saw yeah already coming up but yeah he's amazing i got to play with him one time it was a weird group it was uh, a guy who plays pandero which is a brazilian tambourine it looks like but it's like a drum like a pitched drum with with um what do you call those things that make the sound on the outside of the tambourine i have zero uh, with idea. those <laughs> Yeah, it's just the word is escaping me. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to put down the pandero. It's a very great instrument, but um, it was pandero, trombone, and piano. So there you go. That's oh, and violin and violin. So that was that was an interesting gig. That was my my f- one time that I played with Kevin Hayes. But um, but yeah, Mark Turner. I mean, how can you go wrong with uh, with Mark Turner, and Kevin Hayes? I don't know this Mark Moralta though. I don't know his plan. I mean, he did a good job on the record, so it's one vote for me. <laughs> Very good job. We'll send him a report card. Yeah, right, with a little star, you know, for the fridge. A little star. Yeah, gold star. Gold star. <laughs> Excellent. So, that, so now for something completely different, moving up to 10987, uh, Brian Lynch, big band. Yeah, um, I didn't know that he had a big band. That's really cool. This is uh, really cool because also um, – you know, I won't say that I'm detached from Brian Lynch, but I'm a little bit more uh, aware of like what trumpet players from Florida State's doing, and Antti Charles just put, uh, is working on his big band stuff, and Brian Lynch is working on his big band stuff, and I'm super pumped for it. I love new big band writing; um, it's great stuff. And this record, or this record, has like tons of people featured on it, like Daphnis uh, Pirito, who Prieto. Prieto, thank you, who teaches down there in Miami. <laughs> Look, I've never claimed to be able to pronounce anything. Um, that's great that's great uh, regina carter's on it dave liebman um and on this track is donald harrison phenomenal saxophone player um or as some people also might know big chief donald big chief harrison which is completely cool if you don't know about that go read up on that um but yeah this is this is a killing record it's very um modern sounding i guess you could say um which makes Tons of sense because of like uh, Brian's huge influence by uh, Woody Shaw and and everything. But yeah, this is awesome. Like this track and specifically the struggle is in your name is kind of like uh, hip hop and funk influence too, with like really big uh, brass choir sections and whatnot. Um, starting off with like the, the trombones and, and trumpets, like cascading and, and like weaving in and out. But yeah. It's it's a really cool uh, record, and I think people will really enjoy it. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It, like it's cool. I don't know what else to say. He gets two gold stars. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's a great record. Um, so <laughs> sorry the gold star thing. You know, I mean, it's cool, but like it's it's a really fun record, and I think people will really enjoy it uh, if they're into like the the modern 
big band vibe, you know, uh, they're, they're very complicated is not the right thing, but like they're, they're very developed compositions. You know, they're not just like head charts. It's, it's a lot of writing right. going in and out and everything. Uh, and I mean, that's really appreciative. Um, and he kind of, and let's see what I'm reading on right now. He says alongside of, uh, like his interests, uh, reflect a lot of like social consciousness and social justice. So, and a lot of, uh, like African-American writers and culture, uh, like W E B Du Bois and Ralph Ellison, and then urban theorists like uh, Mike Davis and social activist, uh, Naomi Klein. So it's really interesting to just, uh, here, God, I've said interesting like 40 times to see like what someone's thinking when they work through the music. Um, sure. And, and everything. So I, I, I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Amazing players and great writing. So uh, let's keep going here. We have another, a repeat here from last month. He had the number one track and now he's Oh, he's been demoted. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we, he's just been placed here uh, at number six. The very thought of you, John Batiste, uh, from live. I think live at the Village Vanguard, I believe. Uh yes. And I picked this because uh, again, I like John Batiste. But this also features like one of my favorite vocalists um, ever, right now, uh, Rachel Price, who um, was like a, a jazz composition student, if I'm not reflecting at. Um, New England Conservatory, NEC. Um, and then she started her own band. Well, her and friends started a band um, called Lake Street Dive, which is where, like, she still sings now. Like, that's what she's really known for, and she's touring and everything. But, like, phenomenal jazz vocalists. Um, they're incredible together. It's it's a beautiful standard. Um, great record. Yes, he was on the playlist last week. I don't care. He's going to be on it again. Like, <laughs> he's it's, it's phenomenal. And I think people will... Um, really enjoy it. She has a, a sense of like depth to her voice. It's very warm. Um, she's uh, not to like say that her high range is bad, but she's certainly like a more um, middle and, and like lower register female voice. Um, so yeah, it's, it's incredible. I would recommend checking that out, you know, checking out her own stuff with Lake street dive, same thing with John, you know, check this out, check out his stay human band and all that and see where all of their different um, influences are, are coming from and whatnot. Yeah, I think they call that an alto voice part. Ooh, yo, look at that. <laughs> the, lower, the lower voice. Using some uh, words there from the academia. Look at that. Yeah, I can't escape it. I can't escape it. Um, all right, and moving on, another live record. There's a lot of live records recently. Yeah. Um, from James Carter, great saxophonist. Well, here is the last-minute edition uh, because I screwed up. Um but I'm glad I stood up because I found this record, which was released at the very end of August. Um, James Carter organ trio live from Newport, which say, uh, yeah, I mean, it's nuts. So this entire record, um, it's a trio. I guess that's the theme of the day is we're doing trio stuff and it features, um, Gerard Gibbs playing uh, B three and then the drummer, Alexander white. Um, and the entire album is based upon, um, written by or it's closely associated with the guitar legend uh Django Reinhardt. So um I'm not even gonna try to pronounce any of these titles. Let's just <laughs> let's just make that one perfectly clear. Um, they're in French. Yes. 
but it's, it's a great record. I think people will really enjoy it. Um, the whole Django Reinhardt thing has always been something that's been, um, I, I, I don't know, like closely, I don't know why I'm saying closely, like something that's been a little distance that, that I've never necessarily grasped onto like 100% and delved into um, with like his take on gypsy jazz. Like it'll show up through like someone will bring in a composition, we'll play it or like I'll hear it somewhere. Um, but it's really cool to see like an entire record that's like all based around that's that same idea because it helps you maybe um uh, approach it in a different way than before you know hearing someone else uh do it which can then make you want to go check back out like original recordings with Django on it or or see maybe it from a different perspective that you were originally ignorant of or, or not understanding so Anyways, great record. Always a huge fan of live records, which is another plus. Um, and James Carter is, uh, you know, he knows some things about saxophone. You, you can play some notes. <laughs> you can play a lot of notes, actually. Yeah, yeah, a lot of notes. A, a lot of notes. And very loud. You can play very loud. Saxophone players are so loud. <laughs> have you ever seen not that all of them but okay true true but have you seen the thing where like where they walk up to like a cement wall and then they play right into it to hear the sound come back at their face yes or in a corner yeah why <laughs> everyone else can hear you i'm sure you can hear you too i think it's just the way that the the sound travels like it doesn't vibrate like a trumpet a trombone you feel the note vibrating in your head so you can kind of know what you're doing but I think it's, I've never played saxophone, so I don't exactly know, but I think it has something to do with the way that the sound comes out of the instrument. You don't necessarily, you can't hear it because it needs to like, because it goes out the, the middle of the horn rather than the bell. It's you know? a bunch of crap. I think they just like, okay, well, <laughs> well, that could be, that could be as well. Who knows? Who knows? It, vendettas. Moving on, moving on. Moving on, moving on. Okay. So we have, Ooh, Terry Lynn Carrington, number four. Yeah. Um, I had never heard of this band. Or this project or anything. Um, I don't know if you have, but it's uh, nuts. Terry Lynn Carrington's project, uh, Social Science. I think it's a new band, um, and it's it has members like Aaron Parks, who huge fan of Aaron Parks, um, Matthew Stevens on guitar, uh, Morgan Gurren on bass and sax, Debo Ray, and it's like incredible. She released uh, two singles from it. Which is interesting too, because mm. I didn't know that that was a thing to like release two singles at once. Uh, oh, I guess you, guess you can do that. I never thought to do that. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah. So the I'm reading on it like right now. This group was formed last year, as she was founding the Berkeley Institute of Jazz and Gender Justice, um, which she uses to uh, marry together her two passions, um, musical passion, as long as with like her voice for. Uh, uh, equality and equity and justice in the jazz world um and yeah it's just like let alone like the the social um and the societal like message with it it's just like great music uh, i think people will really enjoy it um i know she's doing like a lot of really cool things uh like she has a um a show coming up at berkeley where, like, they're going to address uh, various social issues, including, like, mass incarceration, uh, homophobia, police brutality, and whatnot. Uh, they're hosting, like, some workshops up there at Berkeley, which makes sense because that's where she teaches at Berkeley. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, like, a really cool record. 
Um, this track specifically, Bells Ring Loudly, has like vocals on it too. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I think people will really enjoy it. And I've always been kind of uh, ignorant, for lack of a better word, of like Terry Lynn Carrington's playing. Um, besides noticing that she was on other projects that I was checking out. So that was kind of something that spawned um, me finding this because I was like, I, I just found her on someone else's thing I was listening to. And I was like, you know what? What does Terry Lynn Carrington do? And I came over here and I was like, oh, this is new and this is great. Let's throw this on. Mm -hmm. And there you go. And you found something great. Yeah. I mean, I think people will, will like it. Nice. And it's a, a change of pace from oh, some of the other stuff. change of pace. <laughs> Cool. And now we're moving to, into the uh, legend category here with uh, Ahmad Jamal and Poinciana, his most famous tune, but not in the way that you might know it. Yeah. Um, I did know Ahmad Jamal was releasing new stuff. Just going to throw that one out there. Um, and then I found this, which like I found it at first. And this happens sometimes to people that don't know is like, Labels will go back and they'll like re-release other tunes under like a different name or a slightly different name, um, to like hopefully gain more money and whatnot. Uh, and so I was really skeptical of this because I was like, "Oh yeah, it's a Majmal playing Poinciana. Like he's released this before. You know, it's it's just going to be off some other record." Um, but he's sharing a new version off of his upcoming album, uh, Balads, and I think it's Balads when they add the es on the end. Is that how that works? Ballads? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think it's ballad if it has an E. Yeah, but there's an S on the end. Like it's like it's not ballads. It's not ballads? Yeah, because it's ballad would ES, it be ballad? Right? Uh okay. I don't know. This is getting above my pay grade. I, here. I don't know. Okay. It's it's ballads ES is the name of the record. Okay. <laughs> and it's um this is a solo version of Poinciana, which is awesome. Because so many people, I think, go back and they're like, hey, play that Poinciana groove, like Ahmad Jamal. And, like, you have that, like, like, um, like the groove that the drummer specifically plays in your head. Um, mm -hmm. And then you get this one, and there is no drums. And you're just like, how does Ahmad Jamal do it by himself? And let me tell you, very well, okay? He's really good at piano. <laughs> um, and this is a great tune, and it's, it's just like... Um, it reminds me of one of my other favorite uh, record series, I think you could call it, was like those Bill Evans uh, solo sessions, um, mm -hmm. which are really dangerous records because once I put them on, like I don't stop listening to them because he does so many things in his records and Ahmad Jamal does the same thing. Like there's so much going on to it. You have to listen like three or four times to try and get close to picking up on like all the different things that he's thrown in. Um, sure. I think it's really cool. I would recommend um, listening to like one of the famous recordings of him doing Poinciana before doing this because you just have mm -hmm. almost so um, here. Yeah. And you have like a, a greater appreciation for it. Um, and, right. and I mean, since mm -hmm. it's solo piano, you know, like he has some more liberty with it. Um, so I think that'll kind of help. Uh, bridge the gap or whatnot but yeah like i'm really pumped for this record uh and it's a great recording of a uh fan favorite excellent well moving to number two when i first started listening through 
the playlist as we were putting it together, I got to this one and then I just, I kind of got stuck here. I really, I don't know why, but I really liked this next track from our friend Kevin Hayes and Lionel Luweke. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Look, I got, okay, like, I will hold, like, 100% admit that I found this because of uh, Lionel Luweke going on tour with Herbie Hancock. Um, and we mm-hmm. came here to Nashville. And I knew I had, like, heard him before. Like, someone else was like, yo, check out this cool track and put it on. But I hadn't really checked out his stuff. And, you know, this guy is like a freak of nature, not down talking Kevin Hayes at all, but like Lionel Luecki is a freak. Like it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, yeah, he's pretty incredible. Yeah. And I just like, like it blew my mind. And so they put together this record um, and there's just like so many different compositions out of it. Um, so like, uh, Violetta on it is like written for this great Chilean, uh, Chilean, Jesus Christ, Chilean singer. And there's so much like worldly influence on these different compositions throughout the the album, which adds like an even uh, a bigger uh, like interest to it because it's not just like all coming from one place. Like each track has its own little different influence which is really cool because then you're hearing like something inspiring a track that has like its own particular influence but still by the same two people so you get to hear like how it changes or or how like the composition of kevin hayes and leonel loiki goes from like track to track to track um Mm -hmm. so i think people will really enjoy it like it other things i'd compare it to is like listening to like a bobby mcferrin record where he's doing like so many different stuff or like maybe a more simple version of Jacob Collier. That's like not too overwhelming um, because sure. he is doing like so many things with his voice and, and the guitar at the same time with piano and you know 10 fingers doing whatever they want on the piano. Like, but it's so um, like they complement each other so well without uh, overlapping each other too much or, or throwing too much on it at once. And um, yeah. Like like an incredible record. I'm really glad to hear that he has the same effect on you like 10 years later than like, it is just something that's cool about that to me. Like I remember he came, Lionel, he came to uh, the Rochester Jazz Festival when I was in college and I just remember walking in and just, he was playing just like tunes and uh, I was like, it sounds like Herbie Hancock on the guitar. And then come to find out a couple years later, there he is touring with Herbie. Well, and it was nuts because so, like uh, Herbie's band was like, you know, there's Herbie and there's Terrace Martin um, and, and Lionel and then everything. And it was with everything going on, you could see Lionel was playing. You could hear guitar sometimes um, when he soloed, like you obviously heard a solo and you're like, wow, that guy's really good. But then when they took the moment and like, let him kind of shine in front of the band, you were just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, <laughs> what is that? Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's nuts. The, the, just like the, the connection between his voice and what comes off the guitar and the rhythm and everything. Is, yeah, yeah I, thought it was, I thought it was fake for a little bit. I thought he had some tracks behind him. And I like kept watching and I was like, nope, that's all him. Great. <laughs> well, we've reached number one. And I think, yeah, you can't really put this person in any other place than number one, even though 
he is no longer with us, and that's the great John Coltrane. Yeah. Um, look, I'm starting to believe that record labels are running a scam on us because we're seeing Probably. more and more records being re- released now that have never been released before by older musicians or, or musicians that have been passed away and whatnot. Um, here we go again, though, with another John Coltrane record that has never been heard before. Kind of. Um, do you know about this record? Have you heard the story behind it? No, I haven't. I didn't until I saw it on this list. I didn't know it was out. Great. It's just, this is going to be fun. So they put out this single for this new record, um, which if I'm wrong is going, to, I think it's going to be called Blue World 2, but it's not just the uh, single. Um, and so he recorded this in 1964, right after, or right between Crescent and A Love Supreme. So that's really cool because those are two albums I think everyone, uh, if especially if you studied jazz or even if you haven't, like those are two pivotal albums. And like John Coltrane, we were like, I got it. Uh, you know, maybe adding in like when he was with Miles and then like his recording of like my favorite things and whatnot. But like those are two like really big train albums. Um, and so what happened was evidently he recorded this at uh, the Van Gelder Studios in New Jersey. Supposedly, the label didn't really know about this at all, which I find really interesting. Um, But it was at the request of a Canadian filmmaker um, who asked him to do the soundtrack for his film, which I will not try to pronounce because, once again, it is in French. Um, And at the end of the day, only like 10 minutes of this entire session appeared in the film. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. But it did appear in the film. Yeah, but it was like so little that people were like, oh, hey, John Coltrane played a little bit. Cool, yay. Um, but now they're like releasing everything. And so on the full record, there's like two takes of Naima, um, three takes of Village Blues, this track Blue World right here, one called like Sunny, and then one called Training In, spelt like train, like T R A N E. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited, um, for this record. It certainly is like Coltrane in your face type thing, but it's really, uh, <laughs> it's just like really interesting, especially with like that, 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 that trio behind him because it was recorded the same year that a love Supreme was recorded. So this is like the predecessor to a love Supreme. Uh, right. All right. Which, you know, that, that album like blows your brain okay uh who would have thought about putting like a a poem to music with a tenor anyways it's just like nuts um and now there's this one which is right before it which is i I think will be really i don't know if i have the focus or the capacity to be able to do it but i would love to listen to like this record and then listen to a love um supreme like right afterwards or like within like a day of each other, you know, maybe not back to back. Um, yeah, that'd be a lot. That that would be a lot. <laughs> you could, you could add uh, Crescent before. Yeah. You know what? Why don't I just listen to all of his works? Just you know, train all day, day after day, train all day after day, after day, after day, after day, you know, and just, it wouldn't be the worst class really just to sit there and listen to Coltrane. You know, I will counter that with saying I don't think it's also the most um, 
like, yes, it would be a phenomenal class. I would love to listen to it, but I don't know how well it'll pair with the trumpet. <laughs> like, I don't see myself playing like <laughs> Sean Coltrane on the trumpet. That is his thing. Let him keep it. Oh, I see. So you're not even going to attempt. I mean, I'll play Blue Train at some point in time, but I can't be like that. Are you kidding me? This dude's ridiculous. Okay. All right. Are you, you going to do it yeah, on the trombone? No, I can't. Okay, do it there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll try. I guess I can go. That's all I got. That's what I want to see. Amazing for a week is uh, you playing the uh, giant steps transcription on trombone. Yeah, that's what everyone wants to see. I think they would. Sure. I I actually think they would love to see that at half speed. All right. I mean, if you're gonna wimp out, sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh man funny well so uh there we go that's it that's that's a wrap that's our 10 tracks john coltrane number one and uh the other ten, nine tracks that we kind of talked through so you can find that on spotify search for this is jazz today and it says curated by outside and music and you can hear all 10 of these tracks and uh, explore those albums of of all these great people that we featured and on this list it goes all the way back to january uh releases from 2019 that is and so there's like a whole kind of slew of stuff if you're looking for some of the you know what people are doing now you know sometimes i know especially as students we get kind of dug into this really deep hole listening to the history which is super important but there's also all these things going on now that are you know important to to know because these are the people that are out there on the scene that work that you might want to work with at some day. So uh, I encourage you to go and subscribe to this playlist and see, uh, see what's happening every month. So Alan, thanks for putting this together and uh, we will see you next month. 